0: and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome back to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rum podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and today we're going to be talking about three players whom I think you would prefer for the Buffalo Bills. Now, you're going to have to make a pick, okay? At the end of this podcast, I'm going to say who my pick is, um... But I'll tell you, there's a lot of pros and cons with these three, so we're going to get into them. So, look, Gronkowski's on the market, guys. Rob Gronkowski. And he is just one of those guys that you just can't help but respect his play. But, man, you just kind of hate him as a person. He can be kind of a douche. (laughs) to say, to say the least. And, um, you know, obviously what he did to Tredavious white was super unclassy. classy. Maybe it was in the moment, but you know what, in the moment, you really show your true colors. And he definitely did, uh, you know, in that, in that game against new England a while back. And look, fact is the Buffalo bills are going to be in trouble if they don't figure out how to match up better against Kansas city. Is it an offensive weapon? Well, the Bills did stall out on a drive that I believe was kind of defining for the uh, Kansas City game in the divisional round. And I think when you get a guy like Rob Gronkowski, what you get is a player that not only complements another tight end in Dawson Knox, who is emerging as one of the best tight ends in the league, very fast, great hands, um, and definitely gets a lot of pressure off of him in the tight end group. I think that... You know, the Bills lost a lot of power in that room, losing Tyler Croft as he went to the New York Jets. And it just feels as though Tommy Sweeney may not be the guy that compliments in the passing game. Maybe in the run game, um, he does show signs of, you know, some growth. But, you know, clearly what the Buffalo Bills are looking for in free agency because they've, the reports have come out, okay, on three players. So we're we're talking about Gronk. We're going to get into the next two. Three players, okay Gronk, CMC, and Saquon Barkley. So, you know, right now what the bills have to basically figure out is who is going to help them match up the best against the elite in this, in this whole entire, um, situation that is the AFC stacked conference. I mean, you have the chargers, um, you know, you, they're, they're rising and, and, you know, they got a young guy in Herbert and he's in a marquee city that I think is going to attract a lot of attention and, you know, or power to him. I think the chargers as an organization, I think have been, um, you know very stout for many years. I think they've been run really well. Uh, and you know, the, the Bills have their work cut out for them. Look, we can't let guys like Gronk, we can't let guys like Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey fall into the hands of teams like these because it just gives gives them an upper hand on you know those those playoff games. And I'm telling you, a, a guy like Bill Belichick is eyeing an opportunity to either bring back Gronk. Um, you know, you know, bring in CMC or Saquon, Bar- you know, Saquon Barkley via trade. It, it's it's one of those things where I'm looking if I'm the Bills and I'm just like, look, this is my pro of bringing in Gronk. You give Devin Singletary and the offensive line more meat up front and a better play action game. Right now, the Bills solely rely on a pistol formation. That allows Dawson Knox to either block, swing around, or you know go straight up on a streak route, and he's able to you know really gash a defense that way. But you know when it comes down to being able to run the football, you need a guy that is not only a threat being able to seal the edge, but also a threat being able to go downfield and make a play for you. And I feel like that's what Rob Gronkowski has done his entire career. And I think with the triple threat of having Josh Allen. being able to run it too. I mean, it just, it it could take Gronkowski's game to the absolute next level as well, even later in his career now. All right, now let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. With Christian McCaffrey comes a caveat. (laughs) That is injury, just like Saquon, which we'll get to Saquon in a minute. And you just get the notion that this could be 50-50 on a first round pick. I mean, And that to me is absolutely the most dangerous situation for the Bills. And I do not foresee Brandon Bean pulling the trigger on, I mean, guys, he's injury prone. Okay, let's just talk about it real quick. First off, I'm going to start from 2016, all right? Look, he had an inguinal hip pull, but that actually didn't derail him too bad. It was just one game he missed versus Notre Dame. All right, now let's speed up. Four years later, he's in the NFL. Week two, he suffers a right high ankle sprain. Grade three, missed six games. That for me right away, I I, I look at that and I'm saying to myself, maybe they pushed it back to six games. Maybe you could have, you know, came back a lot earlier because they were trying to protect him. We move on. A couple months later in the same season, uh, in his shoulder, an AC joint sprain. McCaffrey injured his shoulder on the last drive of week nine's loss to the Chiefs. He missed four games. (laughs) you do not want to be missing a star player going into November. And then look at this a month later, guys, this is three injuries. Okay. In one season, separate injuries, kind of unrelated here. Thigh, glute strain, McCaffrey's thigh tightened up ahead of week 14 game. He missed four games due to that injury. Okay, here we go speed up to next season thigh hamstring strain grade two McCaffrey suffered a strain hamstring in week threes Panthers win over the Texans he then missed five games okay a couple months later go November 28th pedal ankle sprain grade two McCaffrey rolled his ankle in week 12's loss to the Dolphins He was placed on injured reserve Monday and has been ruled out for the remainder of the season. I do not care how much numbers this guy puts up over and over and over and over again. All I know is this guy plays in a way where he is constantly putting his body at the ultimate risk. Look, in the last four seasons of Josh Allen, The worst the worst injury he had that derailed him was when he got hit in the elbow in the Texans game with one of the guy's helmets, and it was in his elbow, and that was it. He was gone um, for a little while, and then in, in comes Nathan Peterman to hopefully save the day. Obviously not. But never did I ever think it was possible for a running back to suffers so many different injuries in so many different areas of his body. Basically his whole body is, he has, he has a good percentage of getting injured any single game he plays. And if you're going to ask me and how much capital are we willing, draft capital willing to trade for this guy, in my opinion, this guy's worth a fourth round pick. And you can debate me otherwise. I just I don't see the reason of being able to pull the trigger on a guy that literally from shoulder from his right shoulder down to his right toe, his whole right side of his body is jacked up. He's 25 years old. Maybe he can heal up. Maybe he can you know switch up the way he plays. I don't know. But for me, looking at all that injury history, he is not worth a first round pick. Maybe a fourth round pick is a little bit dramatic. Maybe maybe a, a second or a third would suffice. But you know, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to pull the trigger on a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. No. Um, and and how much do you blame it on the organization? You know, Carolina Panthers organization and not being able to, you know, get a better offensive line and forcing them to do things. I understand, and 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 this goes into the next, you know, situation with Saquon Barkley, right? All right, Saquon Barkley is an ACL tear away again from basically retiring from the NFL. Like I do, I do not believe, or he's just going to be a third string running back in the future because I do not believe that a guy that is so, I mean, he's built like a freaking ox. I mean, this guy is massive as a running back. He's amazing. He's, he's he probably if, if not neck and neck with Christian McCaffrey is one of the most dynamic, you know, running backs in the entire NFL but you know, you, you just get the notion that like, look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that his coaching was horrible and did not teach him how to, um, gauge being a playmaker and protect his body and, and, you know, take the right angles and be careful. Um, you know, because he literally is the entire New York giants offense. Let's be completely honest. Like without him that motor does not get running there and it it's so crazy that we're even talking about Saquon Barkley and we we feel that desperate because you wonder right with, with all with all the great games he had and CMC has had at the running back position you know what do the bills actually need here is it a tight end who can help stretch the field also help with play action in the run game or running back to just prove to the world that, you know, that's all the bills needed to, to win a Super Bowl. you know, and you, okay, you look back, let's be real. Like when you look back Thurman Thomas, he, Oh man, I mean, I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's better than Emmitt Smith. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't have the most amazing offensive line um, back in the 90s, but they were damn good. Um, and you look at Emmett Smith running behind the greatest offensive line in NFL history. And now, you know, people are saying he's the greatest running back of all time. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, look, Emmett Smith executed. I respect that. But what I'm saying is that a guy like Thurman Thomas, a guy that's very dynamic, um, you, you bring a guy like that into the building, he basically makes a subpar offensive line look amazing and get in the pro bowl. (laughs) Richie Incognito is a perfect example for that. Um, back in the day when, uh, you, you know, back in the day, not too far back in the day when, you know, Shady McCoy was playing for the Buffalo bills. I mean, Shady McCoy would literally pull, they, they pull all the way, right. Richie Incognito would pull, um, from the guard position outside to, you know, try to block a safety. And then Shady just goes the complete other way. He's like, eh, I don't like that hole. I'm going to go try to outrun everybody the other way. Um, that kind of dynamic, you wonder, you know, because Shady McCoy never in his entire career had an ACL tear. So, you just wonder, at least, yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive. So, you just wonder if a running back, you know, comes into Buffalo and plays at the level that Shady McCoy did. Okay, okay then that, that takes pressure off of Josh Allen. And that's what people are hoping for. Let's get a guy who can take pressure off of Josh Allen. Cause we do not believe we have the guy in the building that do so right now. Although later in the season, when the offensive line started to shape up, everyone's opinion about, um, Devin Singletary decide, you know, just started to shift. Now I will say there was one play in particular that I believe personally was huge and we're going back to this this drive that was the drive that I think really was just the momentum shift where Kansas City was able to get ahead and it was when on a third down Brian Dayball threw all of his confidence on a third and short to swing it over to Devin Singletary and get the first down and Devin Singletary did not deliver so you wonder in situations like that where the pass game isn't getting going, you got a QB spy all over Josh Allen and he can't make a play, um, and you know he's reading that he's he's not going to be able to do it, and he's giving it to the running back, and you want your running back to be able to do that. So I understand where the desire is, guys. I'm not trying to, you know, knock down the opinion of bringing in a marquee guy in the trade block into Buffalo um, and believe he won't deliver. I think he can deliver, but for how long? Week two, and then, and then and then he's done, and we're waiting until next year, like, oh yeah, we just needed say And we go into the playoffs. We have the same sad story against the, the Chiefs, and we're like, oh yeah, wait until next year when Saquon's healthy again. It's like, no. Now we have to win. We have to win right now. And th- this is the question. Like, what is the most immediate impact player? You know, coming straight into Buffalo and doing his thing. All right, I'm gonna give you my heart. I'm, I'm gonna give you the one one, two, and three. Here we go. Number one will be Gronkowski. Number two will be CMC. Number three will be Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has not shown me enough to where he really separates himself completely from the pack. Um, he's been injured a lot. Uh, he was on a horrible team, so he's coming from horrible coaching. And then you got Christian McCaffrey, where, you know, you got to give him kind of the benefit of the doubt that he had decent coaching, but it was also like, you're, you're you're wondering, is is there something missing up there that basically makes him play a little reckless? You know, um, his body can't take it can't take it with him playing that reckless, right? So you wonder would that affect the Bills negatively? But then you wonder, how much pressure would that put on defense <laughs> to where they're accounting for CMC and Josh Allen from running the football, and then you're just able to throw it up to Stephon Diggs. Someone's going to get single coverage, um, you know, and 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 that that's the thing. So it's a really good conversation to have. But if we're talking about immediate proven impact, I'm going with Rob Gronkowski, and here's why. I believe that he not only fits the scheme. I think he would definitely with how he how he is his demeanor and and now that he how he is as a player now. I think he just fits the fabric of what the Buffalo Bills are trying to accomplish right now and the attitude on the team. They want to win a championship. Rob Gronkowski has been there. They want a guy who can bring an edge and leadership. Rob Gronkowski can bring that. And I believe he's one of those guys. You may hate him if he's on the other, on the other sideline, but you would love him if he's on yours. And You know, you just see him having a bunch of, you know, just having a bunch of fun. And I would imagine it would be a blast for reporters to be able to cover Rob, cover Rob Gronkowski playing for the Buffalo Bills and maybe in his final season in the NFL. And, um, you know, imagine him winning a ring in his hometown. Um, you know, it, it would just be incredible and it's, it'd be an incredible story. I mean, this is a guy who's terrorized the bills his entire career, then comes to Buffalo and helps them win. A championship that would be insane, and look, I'm also going to say this, right? I feel as though Devin Singletary is against everybody right now. It's De- it's, it's motor versus everybody, and it's unfortunate. You know, I, I really do think that a running back is very much still a product of their offensive line, and. When they have a terrible offensive line or they're on the terrible team, they're going to deal with a lot of injuries. You look at what happened back in the day with CJ Spiller. Everyone's like, man, CJ just never delivered. We had a, we had no quarterback to carry the team in the right direction ever <laughs> since, since Flutie. I, I mean, now we got a guy, but... CJ Spiller if he were to come out of Clemson right now and he would play on the Buffalo Bills he would do absolutely fantastic with Josh Allen and so would Fred Jackson. I mean a lot of these guys who you know they 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 just they made lemonade out of lemons in those years, man. Um so you you, you have to see things from a perspective of we just need the obvious which is better protection for Josh Allen and, you know, being able to use the edge, you know, get outside the hashes in the run game, you know, beat them to the punch because I think that's something that the bills are going to have to do for the foreseeable future. We cannot just keep doing that with Josh Allen as well. Like I was, I was an advocate for him running around a lot and I thought it was very awesome for the offense because it definitely got the offense going. But if we can just get either, our guys in the house right now being able to do that because we're able to seal the edge better with um, a multiple tight end set, especially with Grob Gronkowski, then basically we're going to be able to stretch the entire field and force a defense to play from sideline to sideline against us. And I feel like that's something that Bills haven't been able to do for a very long time because of the speed factor and because of, you know, um, just how, how more dynamic, these defenses are becoming, right? So it's something to think about. And look, guys, I am. (laughs) these are just three examples that we're going into free agency with. I mean, (laughs) heck, I wanted to talk about DK Metcalf, but I am just so nervous about what that asking price is going to be and if it's going to be worth it. I do not believe for one second that a guy like DK Metcalf, who is very durable and is an absolute beast, would be able to leave Seattle for a first round pick. That's not happening um, unless Seattle is absolutely desperate to you know be able to start to rebuild, and you know they're just like you know what the Bills are the best the best um, you know team capable to be able to make this trade at the time. If that happens, great, awesome, whatever. But you know I, I I really do think that bringing a guy like CMC or Saquon Barkley could be very sexy at first. Like oh my gosh, like could you imagine the possibilities? Yeah if the season were like five weeks then <laughs> the playoffs started but man we're, we're this may turn into a 20 week season <laughs> you know, who knows what you know Ro- Roger Goodell's gonna have in store but look fact of the matter is <clears throat> you know the bills they they have a solid running back room um aside from Zach Moss's injuries and the shortcomings that everyone believes about Devin Singletary, I will say, they're still very effective when we use them and we have good offensive line play. So if, if we're believing that a star running back fixes horrible interior or exterior offensive line play, it really doesn't. Um, eventually you run into a roadblock. Eventually you run into a situation where you're starting to point the finger and it just implodes. Right? So I do believe Brandon Bean has a plan set. I think he has a price set. I think they have a a definite plan on how they want to go about this offseason and who they're prioritizing. And, you know, if we were to go into next season with who we have right now, we're still right there. I mean, if, if we're going to be real, the Bills had the roster enough to be able to get to the Super Bowl and compete against the Los Angeles Rams everyone believes that they believe there's a lot of people who aren't bills fans that i know that believe the bills should have won the super bowl this year so you know i think it's going to come down to asking price man I, i really do feel that way i really do feel as though as long as these teams aren't asking for an insane amount of capital then it's worth you know trying i mean but i think the cool thing with saquon barkley is the contract situation Um, you know, the New York giants have not re-signed him to anything. So, you know, he's still in his rookie window and and the bills have the opportunity to maybe try him out, get that, you know, one, two punch rolling that everyone's been dreaming about. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm going to cut it short here (laughs) before I get a little too ahead of myself, but listen, um, It's been an honor, you know, being on this podcast, it really has been, um, you know, my heart and and, and prayers go out to um, anyone who is Ukrainian. um, You know, I, I, I know there's a lot of Ukrainian Americans that are feeling a lot of hurt right now, and you know, my heart goes out to you, all the first responders and, and military out there. My my heart, and you know, my, my support goes out to you. I salute you. Um, you guys stay strong out there. Stay positive, and you know, encourage each other through these hard times. You know, that's what this—that's what I hope this podcast can do for you, wherever you're at with whatever you're doing. Um, get you through another day, and uh, you know, get you pondering, get you going in some conversations at work when you know you. <laughs> When, you know, you just, you want to figure out some things about the bills. And I feel like sometimes the best way to figure things out is to talk about it. So thank you again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Let's go bills.